Yesterday we mentioned and we saw how Hachamim Zechonam Lebracha, the great giant of the Talmud, actually spent their time building their emuna and acquiring more emuna. They spent their time asking questions on things that we see all the time. And they connected the Creator to what they saw and built their emunah. Yesterday we saw a few examples. How the hash, they, 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 they taught us about Hashem's decree that a met should be masriah, should smell to protect the relatives from extra pain that's not necessary. We, we learned about how Hashem made a decree that a met is forgotten at some point so people can move on. We learned, they taught us that Hashem constantly is making food rot so that the prices will stay within reach of even people who are not wealthy so they could eat. The Gemara over there says another example which we didn't do yesterday. And some say, some even pointed out They spoke about the currencies. How Hashem made it that people will agree on the value of a currency. What does that mean? It means that a piece of paper that's worth came out nothing. But people are willing to trade for that paper, for that currency. Either for gold. Things of tremendous value. Because they all agreed that this currency is worth this much. People in the world don't agree in anything. But everyone agrees that the dollar is worth this much, the yen is worth that much. Anywhere you go in the world, there's an agreement on the price of currency, even though the currency has really no intrinsic value. It may go up and down, but it's all agreed upon. Imagine that there wouldn't be such a concept as currency. It would be impossible to live life normally. Everything would have to be traded. You'd have to give tables to get chairs. You'd have to buy a couch and give something in return. Bartering, bartering system would make life very complex. So the creator of the world 
says the Gemara, he created this concept of currency where people will give something so precious to them for something worthless. Be'etzem, it's worthless. The value is only what people have agreed to give it a value. And even though people hardly agree in anything, but for currency, there is a market. And it makes our life easier to live. So here they taught us even more emunah. The ones we mentioned before were things that are in the creation. Hashem made that food rots. That's part of the creation. But here, it's a different kind of emunah. It's a deeper kind of emunah. Because who is the one that came up with currencies? Humans. Humans made the dollar. Humans made the euro. Humans made the value of gold and silver. There's a market there, out there. So those types of things, a person would not necessarily see emunah. But Hazal say, no, even there, even when you see people doing things, or people coming up with things, or inventing things, you have to see Hashem in there too. Because if you look really good, you'll see something, you'll see Hashem's fingerprints on that item as well. Hazal, they looked to find emunah in everything. Gemara says in Masechet Ketubot, one about God, that matar, matar means rain. They spent here some time discussing the rain. Not the beracha of the rain. Not the blessing of the rain. Not the, tfil, not the tfilah, the prayer for rain. Not that. Just discussing the rain. How, how does the rain work? What does the rain do? We never ask that question. We see rain, either we enjoy it or we get annoyed from it. But that's it. But these great giants, they took time to see what is rain? What's special about rain? Anything more special than water? Hazal say yes. They said, rain matar. You know what it does for you? You think it only gives water to the world? Mashke, that's water. Marve, mezabel, me'aden, mamshir. Notice all Hebrew words that I didn't translate. Doesn't matter what they are. I don't even know what they mean. That's not important. But the point is, they're looking for other things that rain does, not just what the eye sees, there's more. For example, one of them is Mezabel. Mezabel means it's a fertilizer. Did you, did you know that rain is more than water? It fertilizes what's in the ground. 
you need fertilizers to bring growth. The rain is a fertilizer. How does it work? The way it works is that in the air, there's something called nitrogen. Nitrogen doesn't mix. But when lightning comes into the world, it activates a mixture of nitrogen and it connects with oxygen. Nitrogen by itself and oxygen don't mix. But when there's lightning, it's, it brings a shock and it connects the nitrogen to the oxygen. So what happens? Created from there is something called nitrates. Nitrates, they come in the rain. These nitrates are fertilizers for what's growing in the ground. So when you see rain come down, inside the rain are these nitrates that were created. That's one of the things that rain has, mezabel. Hazal tell us in Masechet Ta'anit, you think rain is good? Gemara says, Ma'ale talgale That snow is five times as great as rain. However much rain is awesome, snow is much more, five times. One of the things about snow is what we read every morning. Hashem, when He sends the snow, it's like the wool. In what way is snow like the wool? A wool blanket or a wool sweater. It keeps a person warm. Now, there are no warmers in wool. There's no heating materials in wool. So how does wool keep a human body warm? Answer is that the wool fiber, the fiber of the wool, is very curly. Very curly fiber. Like curly hair. When you have something very curly, and you put a lot of curly fibers together, because they're curly, they find every crevice and every hole, and they completely, completely are insulated. When a person has straight hair, so there's going to be a lot of space in between the hairs. There'll be empty areas. But when someone has curly and you put curls all together, they will intertwine and create something that has no air coming in, completely insulated, no air coming in, and no air coming out. That's why when you have a blanket of wool or a sweater of wool, that fiber, because its insulation doesn't leave any open area. So the cold air doesn't enter. The warm air that comes from naturally from the body doesn't, doesn't leave. 
So actually the warmth of the wool is your own body that stays inside because it's insulated. Says David HaMelech, Hashem made insulation for the earth. It's called snow. Snow also is very curly. Snowflakes, as they say, no flake is the same as another. Snowflakes are all different shapes. They come in. What happens when snow comes on the ground? They intertwine, they interlock with each other. And they keep interlocking because there's so many. Not one is the same. All the curls, all the things. They interlock after it finishes snowing. What do you have? You have a blanket of snow that's keeping the earth under warm. Because when it's very cold, it will destroy what's sitting under the ground. Whether it's certain vegetation or things needed for vegetation, whether it's little worms that are needed to plow the ground, that are needed for the earth to grow. So during the winter, you don't really need them as much, maybe. Even those you don't need, for sure in the winter you need some. But even those that you don't need, you need to keep them alive. So when the time comes, they're going to be ready to do their work. But the freezing cold in certain areas in the world, the freezing cold will destroy them. It will wipe out everything that's underground. Destruction. So what does the Creator do to keep the world alive, to keep the earth warm? He gives a blanket just like the wool. And under the snow, there is warmth. And it's able to keep all those little animals underground alive so that they can do their work for the world when they're necessary. Hanoten sheleg katsamer. When you see snow in cold areas of the world, wherever it's very cold, there's snow covering the ground, sometimes the whole winter, that's able to keep freshness under. Under that snow is warmth. But the snow is even greater than a blanket. It's a blanket, you know, when you finish wearing your your uh, your sweater, the season's over, or you get tired of it, you take it and you throw it in the garbage, or you give it to some organization that probably doesn't want it either. That's what people do. They don't want to throw things out, they want to feel good at throwing it out. But when it comes to the blanket of the snow, when it's finished, First of all, snow doesn't just give warmth to what's under. It keeps it moist. It comes down the water slowly throughout the winter. It's giving water to the earth that's needed 
So it's a blanket that's also giving you water. And after you finish the season, what happens? It all melts into food for the ground and it gives the earth all that's needed for the season of the spring and the summer. Imagine after you finished wearing your sweater, you made dinner out of it and you ate it and you enjoyed it. As I'll tell us snow, you see, when you see snow, you see emunah. You see Hashem protecting the world. You see Hashem helping us use the world when needed. He's waiting during the winter to protect so that they can do their job. Hazal tell us. It's a beautiful thing. Regarding the way he made men and women. Men and women are very different. When it comes to women, they usually get nervous more than men. Women have more nervousness about them. They get more excited. When a person looks at a man and a woman, you're reminded of the Rambam. The Rambam writes, I wrote it for you here on the sheet. The Rambam writes in Ilkhot Ishut, that there are certain obligations a man has for his wife and certain obligations that a wife has for her husband. And if you look, you'll see they're not the same. One of the things, for example, that the Rambam says, only by a man, not by a woman, he says, Velo atsev. A man should not look unhappy around his wife. You had a terrible day. You're having a terrible week. Things are falling apart. The business is falling down. The market crashed. You don't know where you're getting your next meal from. You come home. You want to talk to your buddies? Who don't care anyway about you? Tell them. Gather your friends. Get a conference of all the people who are your friends, quote unquote, and tell them all your problems. Inside their heart, they're very happy with you. That's how it is. You want to share your problems with your friends? Call them. You want to call your rabbi? Tell them. Call them. Don't call me. There are, other, there are other rabbis for that. If you want advice, you can call me. But if you just want to talk, I'll get you a different... Uh, I'll give, yeah, give you a different hotline. No, but sometimes you need to talk. Sometimes you have to talk. But don't talk to your wife about it. Don't even look like you're sad next to your wife. Rambam. Rambam Imagine, you had a very difficult day. Don't look sad. It doesn't say that by the woman, by the way. It doesn't say to the woman that when your husband comes home, make sure you don't look sad. It doesn't say that. 
Sounds like if the woman wants to look sad, she could. But a man should not look sad. You didn't know that. Married 20 years already. Huh? Imagine you could have heard this. Velo Rogez. And you should never look nervous around her. Don't look nervous. Even if you're nervous, don't look nervous. Look like you're in control. Look like everything is fine. Don't show sadness. Sadness is about things in the past. Usually. Rogez is that you're nervous about something in the future. You don't know what's going to be. You should not show your wife sadness or nervousness. Rambam says, when you talk to your wife, come, you talk benahat. A person who screams and yells has lost control. Don't do that. Talk benahat. Talk like you're a melech. Talk. Things are... Smooth. What are you angry about? Things are going well. When you're angry means something's bothering you. Benahat. No sadness. No nervousness. How come? How come that Ambam only tells the man to do that? How come he doesn't tell his wife to do that? His wife, she could be... She could scream all she wants. She could look sad. She can get nervous. Not one word that Ambam says to the woman about that. Amazing. We, we look at marriage like it's a partnership. We both don't get nervous. We both don't look sad. We both don't get angry. But the Rambam, not like that. When it comes to the man, he gives him certain rules. When it comes to the woman, he gives her different rules. How come the men got these rules and not the woman? The answer is because Hashem put a lot of chokhmah in the makeup of a man and the makeup of a woman. There's a lot of emunah just by looking at a man and woman and seeing how Hashem made them. You know, when you go to a country, in order for a country to be strong and successful, and the people in the country should be happy and be matzliah. You need, number one, you need a foreign minister. A foreign minister is a person who has connection with all the international community. You need to import, export. You need to have partnerships with your army, you need to trade, you need to... That's a foreign minister. The foreign minister's job is to make sure that the relationship of the country with the outside world, whether it's for business, whether it's for peace and for army, for wars, a foreign minister needs to make sure that the connection to the outside world is strong, powerful, healthy, lucrative. Then you have 
Minister of Internal Affairs. He, this guy is not concerned about the outside world. This guy's job is to make sure the people in the country are getting what they need. Are they getting food? Are they getting the right price? Are they getting the services? Healthcare? Is there the right care, the right doctors, the right hospitals? All the things. Schools. Do they have a place for their children? On and on. All internal affairs. All different jobs. Now, the kind of person you need for one is not the person you need for the other. The guy who's a foreign minister, he needs to be strong. He needs to talk well. He needs to have a presence. When he talks, all of a sudden people are listening. You send a guy who looks hazid in front of the UN, in front of the nations. He goes to meet with the all the other countries, they send this guy. He doesn't give your country a very strong view from the outside world. So you need a guy who knows how to talk, his voice strong, confident, his build is strong. He speaks many languages. He's a great orator. Ah! You go into a meeting with a foreign country, you say, ah, these guys are real. This is serious business. This is a country we got to do business with. This is a country we need to get along with. Look at this guy. Comes in, he's talking, Hazak. The guy who's involved in internal affairs, that guy doesn't need to be powerful, strong, a great communicator. That guy needs to have a good sense to be in touch with what people need. Are people getting the services? He has to know how to hear and sense if people are being taken care of. It's a whole different kind of person. Hashem made for the Jewish home. He made a system where there would be a very successful home. Unfortunately, in the outside world, they look at the home as a partnership. As a, you do your part, I do my part, and we lead together. We lead together. It doesn't work like that. A country that has two prime ministers or two presidents just doesn't go. It's a recipe for destruction. There has to be leadership in the home. That doesn't mean the leader doesn't have a partner helping him. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't help his partner in what they need. Of course, there is a working together. But each one has a defined job. A man was given. Why do men? Hazal is telling us. Look at women and look at men. Look at the build. A man, generally speaking, is bigger, taller, his voice strong. He's a communicator. There's always exceptions. But generally speaking, men are that way. 
Because men are supposed to be the foreign ministers of the house. They're the ones that are going outside the house to make sure they bring parnasah, to make sure their home is protected, to make sure there's security. That's their job. So they got the build for that. But then there's the woman who is the minister of internal affairs. For that, you need to be sensitive. Sensitive to see what does that kid need? A husband could see a kid starving. For three days, the kid didn't eat. And he has no clue. A woman could see a kid who just finished dinner. Sorry, he's starving. How'd you know that? How did she know he's starving? I see, I see something is not right. How do you see? I don't see anything. A woman was given the sense of being able to understand. Again, I don't say every woman uses it right. And I don't say every man does his job either. I'm telling you what the norm is. The norm is they were given these characteristics clearly. Women are generally smaller. Their voice is a little more soft. Our rabbis tell us because they should have their husband have compassion over them. He should look to them to protect them. They're not an equal. They have, he has his job, which is to protect the family, and her looks will help him have more compassion for his wife. If she was also powerful and strong like him, it wouldn't be the same feeling. But now he feels his obligation to his wife, who's not equal in power to him physically. He feels that responsibility to protect her, to have compassion over her. On the other hand, she has all the things needed to make a healthy home. For example, she gets nervous. That's her job, is to get nervous because she's worried about things, what's going on with the child, what's going on with the future of the home. Her nervousness makes her worry about important things. So that's why Hashem gave her this extra nervousness so that she should protect the home. Hazal even tell us an amazing thing. We just saw in this week's parasha that a woman a woman her eyes are stingy when it comes to guests. The husband say, okay, go ahead, open the house. Give him everything. The woman not so excited about opening everything. Even Sarai Menu, not a woman, Sarai Menu, the Pasuk talks about. Hashem made the nature of a woman that she's not so willing to open everything in the house. Why? 
Because she used to protect the house, not to waste. That's her job. Her job is the home. So she needs to have that nervousness, not that uh, confidence, it's all good. If it was a man, he wouldn't care about anything. If a kid's not feeling well, the man's not worried, he'll be fine. He'll be good. Give him a week. <laughs> She's going crazy. Calling the doctor, I'm calling the ER, get the Hatsaba. Husband's like, come on, what are you doing? He's calm, cool. She's going, Majnun. She's going crazy. He can't understand what's wrong with her. And she can't understand what's wrong with him. Hashem gave. This is emunah. You're watching emunah when you see a husband and wife. You're watching how Hashem set up a country, the home, with the proper foreign minister, that, that confidence, that strength that he's supposed to bring to the home. That's his job. His job is to protect the home. Her job is to worry about the home. So he gave her all the tools for that. When does a husband and wife not get along? When she tries to be the foreign minister and he tries to be the minister of internal affairs. When she says, we got to take care of this, because, ah, come on, what are you talking about? Hashem created leadership in the home for different areas. Tremendous wisdom. There is in the running of a home. So long as each one knows their expertise and brings it to the table, it's going to be a powerful home. That's why the Rambam says to the husband, you never look sad, ever. You look sad, you're destroying your home. You're going to come back to me a year later and say, I don't know why my wife is acting up. I don't know why she's this. I don't know why she's that. She's driving me crazy. Now, of course, the rabbi will never tell you it's your fault. Because he's scared of you. You may not give him money at the next, uh, uh, next parlor meeting. So I'll tell you, of course, you, you're a big tzaddik. I hear you. I don't know what kind of woman this is. But you should know, you should know that a lot of it has to do with you. Because your sadness took her sensitivity to a level that wasn't needed. Her sensitivity is supposed to be for her home. Not to worry about what's going on in the world. She thinks you handle that. She thinks you got it all taken care of. So now all of a sudden, you're sad. You're the one that's sad? You're the one that's nervous? Could you imagine walking into a big building and there's this big security guard and he says, you better get out of here. <laughs> If I was you, I wouldn't go in there. <laughs> You're the security guard. If the security guard is nervous, how are you supposed to get people in the house that feel good? Your job is to protect the home from the outside world. When you bring the outside world sadness, nervousness into your home, you're destroying your wife. Because she's going to take that nervousness to a new level. And now she's going to start worrying about outside things. That's not her job. Her nervousness is to worry about what's in the house. 
For that you can do a great job. But you, the foolish husband, you walk into the house and say, I don't know, business is down. I don't know how we're going to pay the mortgage this month. I don't know. I don't know. The world is falling apart. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Now, this woman, what you just did, you took her nervousness, for, which is supposed to be for good, and now you made her crazy. And then you come complain a year later, I don't know, my wife, she's very nervous, she's always scared, I don't know why. You know why? You're the cause. The Rambam tells his husband, his, the husband, be careful. You talk like a melech. You walk into your house, no matter what's going on in your life, you walk in like a melech. To come, everything is perfect. You don't look sad, you don't look nervous. You're the foreign minister. You got it. Let her be nervous about the house. Don't let her be nervous about what's outside the house. Then you're creating a monster. Then you're creating a person that's very hard to live with. A person who's constantly nervous. Who's con She'll take your sadness. Your sadness, you have a little limit. She'll take your sadness to the hundredth level. She'll take your nervousness to a way greater level. And then you'll be a miserable person. And then you'll say, my wife, I don't know what's wrong with my wife. Unbelievable. This is Emunah, gentlemen. This is Emunah. Emunah, look how Hashem made a man and a woman. He gave them the right characteristics. But all they have to do is see what Hashem gave them and use it the right way. Then you have a beautiful life. The Rambam is talking to the wife, to the husband, each one. And look what he tells the wife. Tells the wife. Unbelievable. Says the Rambam tells the woman, make sure before you do something, make sure as a woman that you're doing something, something I guess of any importance, make sure you ask him. So what do you think? Should we buy this furniture? Should we do this? Should we go there? Ask him. She should look at him and treat him like he's a minister or a melech or a king. What the Rambam is telling a woman is that your husband was given certain qualities that are needed for him to be a great foreign minister. So you treat him like a melech. You treat him like a sar. You give him that respect. A, he's built for it, he needs it. And B, he's going to help you be a good foreign minister when you treat him like a melech. When you treat him like a minister, he'll be a minister. But if you don't treat him like a melech, he's not going to be able to do his job. And then it's going to be on your head. Because you're going to lose your security. He's talking to the man how to advance his wife's uniqueness and her leadership. He's talking to the wife how to advance her husband's uniqueness and his leadership. When you have emunah, all of a sudden you see, wow, look what Hashem made. He didn't just make two people to get married. He didn't make just a, a marriage of a partnership. He created a man with certain qualities and a woman with certain qualities. They're not accidental. Each one is needed for their job. The problem is when you don't have emunah and you think everybody's equal and everyone is doing this, everything together, 
We protect the house together. We worry about the house together. We're all equal. You ruin the husband and you ruin the wife. If the husband realizes his koah and her koah, he's going to come in and be this confident melech, this confident person, and she'll be able to worry about her job. He doesn't do his job. She starts worrying about his job. And then it's over. Then it's done. Then she can't sleep. Then she can't do anything. She can't live a normal day in her life. And she needs to recognize his koah and give him that strength by looking at him like a melech, like a king, like a minister. And he will be able to do his job. And if he does his job, she's going to be able to do her job. That is what a great marriage is all about. It starts with emunah, understanding how Hashem created things in order to make the best product. You got to see it and you act on it. Have a good day.